Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 172 and we're talking with Milan Doshi, the manager at Queen Anne B&B in Denver, Colorado. Yeah, we're talking about community-based tourism and also talking about what to see and do in Denver. So yeah, it's going to be really exciting. So uh, as you might have noticed, we didn't record a podcast last week. Sorry about that. <laughs> and what's ironic about it is that we've just actually recorded like a backup um, episode so that if we ever can't record an, an episode, we can just stick that up. Yeah, but, but we uh, were um, so busy that we did not actually have time to edit the uh, aforesaid backup, so it was quite funny. But um, yeah, we finished off our time in Moine, um, just working hard, avoiding the rain, and um, enjoying a few lazy days and a tour um, in our second to last day. That tour was awesome. We had such a good time. Yeah. We didn't really read about what we were going to do. We knew it was something to do with sand dunes. And then we showed up at the stream, and the, uh, the driver of our Jeep, there were six of us in the Jeep, he kind of motioned at the stream. And I remember reading um, Lily's blog from roundtheworldl.com, and she had done the same tour, which is part of the reason why we did it. And I remembered that she said that they had to get in the stream and walk out. And I'm like, ah, right, that's, yes, yes, okay. <laughs> it's all falling into place. Yeah. So we had to actually get into the stream, and the water was up to about our ankles. So we walked up the stream to see these rather mediocre waterfalls. Uh, waterfalls but that's okay I mean it was an experience <laughs> sure was um, yeah so you can see that video on Facebook at IndieTravelPodcast.com forward slash Facebook no the other way around isn't it? <laughs> it's Facebook.com forward <laughs> slash IndieTravel yeah. try that have it's you put really it on YouTube yet no have you no okay. it's not on YouTube yet <laughs> <laughs> only on Facebook so there you go um, then we went back to Ho Chi Minh City where we stayed with our Kiwi couch surfing hosts again and um, that was really nice a couple of days there where we tried to get my iPod Touch fixed and Linda's computer fixed they're both dead and beyond repair so God knows what we're going to do about that um, and we also tried to do half a dozen other tasks which we all failed to No, no, we so. managed to buy a pencil case Oh yeah, yeah sorry yeah. One down. We've got our tickets We've got our tickets here to Phnom Penh, which is where we are now. So um, yesterday we caught a bus from Ho Chi Minh to Phnom Penh, which meant crossing a border, which was remarkably smooth, although I was a bit suspicious when the bus driver or the conductor came around and took all our passports and all our money and not all our money, enough money for the visa. But yeah, then we just didn't have to do anything, you know. He, he went and organised everything. It was the smoothest land-based border run ever outside of Schengen where they don't even look at you. No, no, remember <laughs> that one between Chile and Argentina? Oh, no, yeah. Argentina... Chile, yeah, Chile and Argentina and we just sat on the bus yeah. and then someone came back on and was um, handing out the passports they're like Linda Linda and Craig's like yeah me and they're like you're Linda <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was quite funny that was really smooth but this was similar we had to get off the bus twice to kind of walk through lines we, they gave us our passport we walked through they took our passport back again it was hilarious it was great but very very easy very well organised yeah, and um, yeah nice easy border crossing which mm-hmm. was perfect yeah. And then we arrived in here in Phnom Penh and we'd organised to stay with some couch surfers, but we couldn't get in touch with them until 7 o'clock and we arrived at about 5. So we went and had a coffee uh, down on the riverfront. And then we had a comedy of errors trying to get in touch with our hosts because our phone wasn't working, the Vietnam SIM card wasn't working, and none of our other six SIM cards wanted to let us call either. So I went on a mission to try and find somewhere to call. I went into a hotel, borrowed someone's cell phone at the cost of 50 cents, and then... Yeah, then we had to get a tuk-tuk driver. Tuk-tuk driver called our friend to find out where they lived. There was no communication, and we eventually made it, so we're quite happy to be here. 
So yeah, it's going to be a good couple of weeks here in Cambodia. Uh, we're thinking about sneaking into Laos for a few days um, before we end up in Thailand. And yeah, we're, we're really enjoying being in Southeast Asia. It's great. Well, that's enough about us. Let's get into the interview. Okay, well, I'm speaking with, uh, with Milan Doshi, uh, who runs the Queen Anne B&B in Denver, Colorado. Um, Milan, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Craig. I really appreciate the opportunity. No, it's it's all good. Well, we've brought you on the Indie Travel Podcast to talk a bit about Denver, Colorado, but also about um, hospitality and the, the green movement and the local movement and how that's affecting you um, up there in the States. So um, first of all, can you tell us a little bit about the Queen Anne and, and what you're trying to do there? Sure, yes, thank you. Um, so the Queen Anne, we, we are... Uh, 14-room bed and breakfast located here in Denver, Colorado, right in downtown. And the premise of our place is really to um, initiate the idea of community-supported hospitality. And more importantly, also having, an, having a focus on the environmental impact uh, of the hospitality industry as a whole. And um, I grew up in hotels, and uh, growing up in them, I definitely was aware as to how wasteful the industry is, whether it's with water management or with recycling. Um, or with understanding how connected you can be to the people around you and in your city. And the concept with this place is kind of reverting back to the traditional idea of hospitality, which is really connecting with your place and sharing stories with those people who are coming to visit your community. And for us, what we try to do is create our space by those who live around us. And whether that's from the wood floors, which were done by local woodworkers, or all of our furniture from our coffee our coffee tables to our center breakfast table which can seat about 12 people at the round table um, to all the platform beds to the artist on our walls to the food that we provide for our customers everything is, is grown and created by those who live here in Denver and what we try to do is hopefully provide a glimpse for those folks who are not from around here to uh, really understand uh, what our community is all about. Mm, it's interesting you use the word community when you're talking about um, a city, those uh, kind of an urban space. Those are often very, very different ideas. Yeah, you know, and I think, I think one of the unique things about what has been happening here in the States is that we're having this new urban movement of sustainability that's happened from everywhere uh, in San Francisco to Portland to Seattle to New York City, Chicago, and Denver is one of those up-and-coming cities now where you're seeing a lot more progressiveness, a lot more mindfulness about waste and transportation and um, all those things really have an impact on our our day-to-day lives and I think connecting with that from a community standpoint as a a hotel and um, understanding that those people who are visiting us can get a glimpse of that I think is is, is very important. Just keeping on this idea of sustainability and I guess that's very closely tied in with, with green travel and the ecological movement um, what are some of the things that you guys are intentionally doing to, to connect with that? Sure. One of, the, you know, one of the biggest things that we're trying to do here is, 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 is first of all, be actively aim to be a zero-waste property, meaning that we compost all of our food scraps from breakfast. We reinsert that into our gardens to provide for food that we give to our customers. We recycle everything that we, we can here at the property. Um, we've installed low-flow shower heads. We've done dual-flush toilets. We do 100% organic cotton bedding here, and we use all local uh, cleaning products, all local shampoos, conditioners, body washes. Um, and, by, and by doing that, by buying things in bulk, by buying our cleaning supplies in bulk, same thing with our food, um, we're just trying to reduce our impact um, as, as, as being a business that's been allowed this opportunity to, 
to thrive here in the city. Mm, very cool. Now, one of the issues around um, getting local food supplies, and I know this from the um, from visiting some places in New Zealand, is that, um, say, people might expect strawberries year-round, but strawberries don't grow in your region year-round. Um, are uh, you importing foods like that, or are you sticking with a strictly local supply? We try to stick with as strictly of a local uh, a local diet, I guess you could say, as possible. Uh, we are part of three different CSAs here in the city, meaning community-supported agriculture. We're part of Grand Family Farms. We're part of uh, we, we we participate in door-to-door organics, and we're also part of uh, Grand, uh, the Monroe Farms, um, which 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 are here within the vicinity of Denver. And so most of the season, all year long, we're able to get two of our main staples here for breakfast, especially is milk and eggs, and those are and, and those are two things that we get year long through our CSAs. And we have a local flour producer. And when wintertime comes around and produce is not as accessible as it is right now at, at the at the end of summertime and during our summer months, we try to we have a cellar in the basement of our main house. We store our onions, our sweet potatoes, our potatoes. And we create, you know, our customers might get tired of it. We do a lot of sweet potato waffles and pancakes and, and things of that nature. But our menus are really designed to try to keep it as sustainable as possible. Mm, good stuff. Well, let's talk a little bit about um, Denver, Colorado. Um, for someone who's never been there before and isn't in the States and hasn't already got a picture of it, um, can you tell us a little bit about what, you know, what someone might expect? What's the big picture on Denver? Sure. One of, you know, one of, one, of, one of the greatest things about Denver is the weather here. Uh, what we're famous for is over 300 days of sunshine a year. And even in the middle of winter, being at over 5,000 feet and, and elevation, um, if the sun is out, it gets above 40 degrees almost every day. So it, it, it's, it's kind of a hidden gem uh, in terms of, of, how, of how oriented it is to be able to get outdoors. It's, it's a great biking city. Uh, we have trails all over the city. It's very accessible to people who are not from around this town to really visit the city through, through public transportation. Um, another great thing about the city is our, our relative uh, closest to the mountains. We're only an hour away from being able to explore the foothills. Uh, we're only 25 minutes away from Red Rocks Amphitheater, which is one of the most famous concert venues in the world. Uh, we have a variety of museums and it's one of, one of the best botanic gardens, uh, uh, in my opinion, in the country here as well. And uh, the way, the way the city has developed and, and how concentrated it is, it's, it's really geared towards tourists being able to see a lot without having to get in the car, without having to worry about um, much unlike many places in America where you have to travel great distances to be able to see a lot of things. Um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, there's a lot of things to see here in a concentrated area. Well, when I think of Colorado, I do think very much of the outdoors. I think of, of hiking and mountain biking and climbing. Um, are those kind of adventurous activities close to the city center, or are you really needing to get out an hour or so out of the city? You don't really need to. Um, you know, in terms of mountain biking trails especially, you're able to get on trails here from the city, and within 20 minutes you can be uh, going down and up some pretty steep hills. Uh, and, and so the adventurous can definitely get their, get their fair share of uh, activities here. Um, but again, the nice part about our location and, and being in Denver is that you have the accessibility to the mountains as well as having the cultural diversity that a city can offer. Yeah, it's nice having those small cities. It reminds me of, of Auckland where you can be in the, the most, kind of the biggest economic zone in the country, which admittedly isn't all that big. But within 45 minutes, you can be 
on a nearly deserted black sand beach or or up in the hills and in, in the forest and uh yeah it's nice having that connection between been... between city and city and wilderness Cool. Well, can you take us now a bit kind of beyond beyond the guidebook, beyond the stereotype, and, and help us get into Denver? What's some, some local picks? You know, one of the, one of the, what we're very famous for, and if people can make it here in October, we have the Great American Beer Festival, which uh, is one of the best beer festivals in America. Um, Colorado and Denver in particular is known for having a lot of microbreweries, and uh, one of the one of the great activities to be able to do here in the city is visit all the small scale breweries that that you can walk to from our bed and breakfast, and you can get tours of. Um, you can see how they're how they're creating new new ales and new beers, and uh, that's that's a great activity here in the city. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, is the kind of craft beer and local local brewing the local brewing uh, working out there? I know in a few places with the recession, there's been a big kind of cut down on the on local craft beers you know it seems to be one thing here in america that's recession proof is is beer <laughs> um, and uh, uh the new trend especially here out of colorado is, is is crafted ales that are being put inside of cans um so as opposed to what you would normally see in bottles uh, a big shift here especially in denver is is uh, seeing a lot more cans utilized uh, for 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 crafted ales um, so I, I don't think I don't, I don't think it's been affected as a lot of uh, other, other industries. It's kind of what we're famous for here in the state as well as the city. So we have a lot of tourism that's built around people coming here to check out the breweries and then check out and see what people are doing. Mm, that sounds like a, a good reason to go to me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and how about um, other things? Are there what what else would you recommend seeing in the city center? You know, one of one of, one of the hidden gems also of Denver is, is the restaurant scene here. And uh, there are numerous restaurants that are really participating in the farmer-to-table movement. That, 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 is, that is, the trend is all across the country, but here in Denver in particular, it seems to be um, very energetic. And from places like Root Down to uh, the Squeaky Bean to Fruition, uh, you have a number of restaurants and a number of chefs who are really participating in this movement. And that's another great way for folks to connect with our community is really to see the diverse food scene that we have here and what, and what these talented chefs are creating. Um, so that's a, that's a great aspect that is not often talked about uh, in guidebooks is, is how great of a food city we are. Mm, yeah, that's not something I would have, uh, would have thought of, would have picked. Tell me, do you have a recommendation, first of all, for um, a big splurge meal? If you're going to be breaking your budget, where would you recommend people go? And also for um, a more everyday or, or budget meal? Sure. Uh, you know, if you're going to if you're going to splurge, I would I would I would recommend a restaurant called Rioja here uh, in, in in downtown Denver. It's on Laramie Square. It's a Mediterranean restaurant, and and the head chef there utilizes. Uh, a lot of different local ingredients, and that's that's a, a big challenge by trying to create Mediterranean cuisine using local Colorado produce. Um, but it is it is a meal to definitely splurge on. Um, in terms of uh, of, a, of an average budget, I would recommend a place called Watercourse Foods. Um, it is 100% vegetarian, and uh, that that is something that you know hopefully will appeal to a lot of folks. But it's a fabulous restaurant with a very diverse menu. They use a lot of seasonal ingredients as well, and and the chefs are just extremely creative, and uh, and, and and changing up the menus and creating new dishes for for customers to try. That sounds excellent. Well, Milan, thanks so much for coming on the Indie Travel Podcast and telling us what you're doing to help out the the green travel and uh, sustainable travel movements, and um, also talking to us about Denver, Colorado. 
Thank you very much, Craig. It was a pleasure speaking with you today. I hope you enjoyed hearing something different on the Indie Football Podcast this week. It was great speaking with him. Yeah, it was. So thanks, Milan, again for coming on the show. I want to say a couple of shout-outs this week to people that have been helping us a lot as we've been planning our way through Southeast Asia. Yeah, we love you guys. Um, first is to um, the Adventure Doc, Eric, who's been giving us all sorts of medical advice and trying to get us sorted out with um, finding the, the vaccinations that we forgot to get done um, before been, we came here. It's been so, a comedy of errors. It has been. So, um, yep, the Adventure Doc, uh, Eric McLaughlin, thank you very much. And also the new Travelfish site, which is travelfish.org. It's just invaluable. Yeah, um, I've been chatting with Stuart on Skype from time to time to, um, to really solidify some of our decisions. Um, he's the owner of Travelfish, and they've just put together a new site, which is so much easier to navigate. Awesome. And um, So, oh, yeah, it's, it's great. If you'd like to help us out, which we'd really appreciate if you did, you can help us out by booking through us. So visit IndieTravelPodcast.com forward slash flights, slash hotels, slash hostels, slash insurance, if you're booking any of your travel online. We also have travel deals updating daily at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash deals. Yeah, and you can also visit IndieTravelPodcast.com forward slash Amazon when you're shopping online now or for the upcoming Christmas season. And you can also pick up a free audiobook at IndieTravelPodcast.com forward slash Audible, which um, is fantastic. You get a two-week free trial, and you get to download a book to keep forever. Yeah, and if you don't want to go to slash Audible, you can also go to slash Audiobook, because, you know, we believe in options. <laughs> we do indeed. Well, we are going to go out and um, start eating some Khmer food with our couch surfing hosts here in Phnom Penh. So um, we'll catch you later. Yep, that's us for this week. Until next week, travel well.